It's Monday, May 4th, 2020. It has now been seven weeks since I began this podcast. It's been longer than that since schools were in session, but the bells at Buford Middle School are still ringing. This is the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. Today's show is a little quicker than recent shows, stripped down to one segment with no information at the beginning. We'll be back tomorrow with a return to the full format of the show that I'm trying to put out each time. There's a lot going on, and I feel it's my mission to try to make sense of as much of it as I can. Our lives have all changed since March 12th, when Governor Ralph Northam declared a state of emergency to respond to the global pandemic. Since then, all of our lives have changed. Some are out of work, with no clear sense of when they can get back to their jobs. Some are working harder than ever in emergency rooms, intensive care units, and in grocery stores and takeout workers. And some are telecommuting. Here's Governor Ralph Northam at his press briefing on May 1st, 2020. Less than two months ago, we faced the beginning of this pandemic. Our first positive COVID case was on March the 7th, less than eight weeks ago. We feared a surge in hospitalization that would overwhelm our ICUs and our ventilator capacity. We struggled to get enough PPE as well as supplies for testing, and we were planning to build alternative care facilities. I directed Virginians to stay home, and many businesses temporarily closed or moved to telework and take out. We stayed six feet apart, and we waited to see if it worked. And it has worked. Before we complete Governor Northam's thought, let's pause to take a look at where we are. As just reported on May 4th, today, the Virginia Department of Health reports that there are 19,492 cases in Virginia based on 122,788 tests performed. That is 820 new cases today. There's also a new statistic reported, 111,441 unique people have been tested. The population of Virginia is about 8.5 million. For some perspective, let's go back to April 4th. On April 4th, there were 2,407 cases in Virginia based on 21,552 tests. At that time, there were 52 deaths. Before we continue, what is foremost in my mind is what the numbers will look like in a month from now, on June 4th. Fatigue is growing over physical distancing restrictions, and Virginia is part of a federal union in which some states have decided to loosen their restrictions. That's actually in violation of the Centers for Disease Control's guidelines on how businesses and the economy should be opened up. But still, for now, at least on May 1st, Northam sounded a positive tone. These actions have flattened that curve, as we have often talked about. Our hospitals have not been overwhelmed. Hospitals have continued to have the ICU beds and the ventilators that they so desperately needed. Our case counts continue to climb, but so does our testing. We have slowed the spread, but we are not out of the woods yet. We must continue to move forward carefully. That means a lot more testing. Northam has been criticized for presiding over a slow response to testing capacity increases. For the first month, less than a thousand results were coming back each day, and capacity has slowly increased. A plan to open Virginia will not be implemented until there is enough data. Testing 
is key to that. One innovation that has led to Northam's expression of optimism is a procedure that allows for some forms of PPE to be used again. One way we're boosting our PPE uh, is by sanitizing what we already have, and we've made great progress with our PPE. These pictures here show innovative new PPE cleaning systems from Battelle. These systems have multiple units that are each the size of a storage container and can clean up to 80,000 masks per day using a hydrogen peroxide vapor. PPE can be decontaminated and reused 20 times without degrading performance. This will be a big help to our medical facilities and our first responders. Dr. Karen Remley served as Virginia's health commissioner from 2010 to 2013 and is now co-chair of a working group that is tasked with increasing testing capacity. It is not just a test. Um, there are five steps that come into play, and if we're going to look at how we maximize testing, we need to think about it from those five different perspectives. I think the single most important one, and you've heard the governor and the secretary say the first mile, but it really is getting our patients to identify themselves as a patient who might have COVID, to find a place to go get tested, to talk to their health care um, uh, provider and see if they need to be tested and then find a place to be able to go and get that. That requires a number of things. They need to know where to go, they need to know why should I go, and they need to know the outcome of when they receive that test. The Virginia Department of Health's COVID-19 page now contains a site where you can locate testing sites near you. Take a look in the show notes for this episode. And any doctor, any person from all over the state can see where their nearest public um, testing site is. Those are everything from, at times, a health department or an urgent care center or a hospital setting or a doctor's office. We are increasing those numbers every day. I was on the phone with the leading clinicians, physicians in our state, and they are committed to making sure those numbers continue to increase. The Centers for Disease Control now have guidelines that allow for patients and medical personnel to work together to conduct a test using a less complicated and less intrusive method that has so far been the standard. And that you can take a nasal swab, I can put you, I can have you have a mask on, I have a mask, an eye covering, a gown and gloves, we stay six feet apart, you put that nasal swab in your nose, you put it into the tube, you leave the room, then I go back in and I collect that sample. The advantage of that, it uses much less PPE and much less restricted PPE. It allows the individual to perform their own test, and we can do it in many more places. Dr. Remley said the state has contracted with two private labs to increase testing capacity by another 3,000 a day. As of Friday, Virginia was in the second step of a five-step process, with a capacity of at least 5,000 tests a day. The goal is to have testing capacity of 10,000 tests a day, as well as contact tracing in place, before some of the restrictions can be lifted. Dr. Remley also sounded a confident tone. I uh, would tell you that where a lot of um, states talk about phase two, we are already there from many different ways. We've opened up very judiciously and carefully our healthcare system. We have the healthcare community is now testing. Um, hospitals um, have agreed to either teach their clinicians how to test in their offices or provide testing availability for them. So we're normalizing and getting testing out to the entire community. Um, we've said them from the very beginning that we needed more PPE. We have that now. Then we said we needed more testing supplies. We have that now. Now we're working on education and bringing people to the table. 
Dr. Remley said Virginia has been following CDC guidelines to reserve tests for high-priority cases, such as people already in hospitals, residents of long-term care facilities, first responders, and other people identified by public health officials as part of their disease surveillance. We're now moving into all priorities. The, the health department, of course, and public health will continue to focus on high-priority areas that have impact on communities and on the state, but we're encouraging our clinicians across the state to test anybody who's symptomatic. Um, or if a healthcare um, provider deems appropriate to test someone that might be prioritized who's asymptomatic, that could, you could imagine could be a close contact with someone who is or is very high risk and is undergoing a, a procedure. Particularly at risk are people in long-term care facilities where physical distancing is not always possible to do. As of this morning, 140 out of 239 outbreaks have been in long-term care facilities. There have been 2,766 cases in such places and 382 deaths. Soon after the outbreak was reported at the Canterbury Rehabilitation and Healthcare Center in Henrico County, Governor Northam created a task force to address the issue. This group has been setting up testing for nursing homes and long-term facilities that have two positive confirmed cases. From a data standpoint, these tests are called point prevalence surveys. They test everyone in the facility on the same day. This is being done through a collaboration with our Virginia Department of Health, UVA, and VCU health systems, and support from our state lab right here in Richmond. Our long-term care facilities can request testing through their local health departments, and I'd encourage them to do so if they have an outbreak. The Virginia National Guard is available to help run these tests if needed. On March 23, 2020, Governor Northam issued Executive Order 53, which closed restaurants, entertainment venues, and other places where people might congregate to slow the spread of the coronavirus. This has been extended once already, and now is set to expire at the beginning of May 8th. That's Friday. At the May 1st press briefing, one reporter asked if this directive would be allowed to lapse or further amended. Um, we have had a tremendous amount of input from our business community. Uh, I think you've heard me speak to that uh, uh, before. Uh, small business, medium-sized businesses, large businesses uh, across the Commonwealth uh, represent pretty much every area uh, of Virginia. Uh, we are still working uh, on that blueprint. Uh, we're looking at the criteria uh, that we're going to be using, the diminishing cases, the amount of PPE. Uh, the, the amount of testing capabilities, our hospital capacity, those are all things that we're taking into consideration. And, and so uh, I will uh, give further guidelines uh, on Monday uh, regarding that plan. And I realize, and again, as a small business owner, um, that planning is, is uh, very important. And, and with that date coming up on Friday, we'll, we'll certainly give the guidelines on, on Monday. So I appreciate that question. And also I appreciate uh, people's patience. It's a, there's a lot of, lot of data that we're taking into account. Uh, and as I've said all along, uh, we're going to do this responsibly and I'm going to do it to keep Virginians safe. With regard to whether school will return in the fall, Northam said if people continue to follow guidelines, he is confident that classes will be in session. There have been press reports that Virginia does not yet have the network of people in place yet to do the contact tracing that will track further infections as new phases of movement are allowed. Dr. Norm Oliver is the state health commissioner. It's true that we don't have a, a central 
um, roster of all our contact tracers. Uh, uh, our local health departments do that work. Um, and so, for example, in Richmond City, they had a, a normal force of about five people that do that kind of work around sexually transmitted uh, infections. And in the course of the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic, they ramped that up to 20 by pulling in other people uh, from elsewhere within the health department. And that was done across all our 35 um, <clears throat> health districts. So I don't know the exact number, but it's in the hundreds. Um, we are planning as part of um, uh, our whole initiative around um, <clears throat> containing and tamping down uh, COVID-19 as we reopen to ramp up the number of people that we have. And we are working on plans to increase that to somewhere in the neighborhood of about 1,500. Though the intent of this program is to be mostly about the Charlottesville-Albemarle area, we are all one state, and a Dillon rule state at that. I don't have time to explain exactly what that means, but that structure might make it harder to do what some are suggesting, open up sections of Virginia at different times. Let's hear this exchange. This question will be from Taj Simmons with WSLS. Yeah, thank you again for uh, taking our questions. My question is, uh, Governor, you've talked in the past about reopening the state by region. Uh, where are you right now in planning that out? And can you give us a better idea in how that will be implemented if this is the way you go about things? Yes, the question is about opening up certain parts of Virginia uh, by region earlier than, than other parts. And we've gotten a lot of really good input uh, uh, from our businesses across Virginia. Uh, and as I, I mentioned, uh, I believe at our last conference, we have representatives from Abington. We also have representatives from Pulaski uh, and also a statewide uh, company that, that has business throughout uh, Virginia. I also would say that I've had great input uh, uh, from our legislators uh, who represent that area uh, and also our, our congressmen. Um, I, we had a phone call last night with, with all of our uh, Virginia delegation, which went very well. And, and what I would say regarding opening up one region before the other, there are, are pros and cons to, uh, to all of the options. Uh, nothing is exactly uh, straightforward. And I'll, I'll give you one quick example uh, of a concern that uh, a business out in the Southwest uh, had, and that is that if they are to open their place of business, and for example, another more dense populated area in Virginia doesn't, uh, it's not that difficult uh, to travel around Virginia uh, on our interstates, and it may be two, three hours away. And so their concern was, well, what if all these folks from another area of Virginia that perhaps even is a hot spot um, in Virginia come to our places of business, we have reopened, then we have to backtrack and close our businesses down again, and then we'll never be able to recover from that. So, so we're taking all of this uh, into consideration. Uh, I've had uh, folks that have, have provided input from the faith-based community that you know, want their churches to open earlier. So a lot of people have uh, contributed to, uh, to our decision-making. Uh, we're continuing to work through that, that plan. I, I'll be working on it through the weekend. And, and uh, as I said earlier, I will give uh, all of Virginia uh, more guidance on that on, on Monday. And that's it for this quick version of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report, which catches us up for the latest from Richmond. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more on what's going to happen next and a return to an information cast and conversations with others in our community. 
If you'd like something to be on the program, drop us a line at wordcast at gmail.com. I'm Sean Tubbs, and thank you for listening. You know, this, this is an aerosolized uh, uh, virus. That's the way it's transmitted. And, and really when it gets on our hands and then we all, whether we know it or not, bring our hands to our face numerous times a day, but clean, wash your hands uh, as frequently as you can. Use hand sanitizers. These are the things uh, that will continue uh, to minimize the spread of this virus.